This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Draft is quickly and yet slowly approaching. Welcome into Finsider Radio. My name is Jake Mendel. My co-host Josh Houts is joining me in just a second. This is the Jake and Josh show. Before we get into all the action, we're going to talk about some a little bit of news. We're going to have more NFL action next year, and we're going to go through and give a bunch of grades regarding Miami's trades and free agent signings this offseason. But before we get into the action, if you want to know the second a new episode of Finsider Radio hits the airwaves. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So smash that subscribe button and you will be able to know the second a new episode of Finsider Radio is live. And you know what? Join us through the off season. It'll make it go by a little faster. At least we hope. Joshua, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I mean, it's always a pleasure to get to come on here and talk Dolphins football with you. And everyone's talking about the pro days right now. We know what Jamar Chase is doing. Kyle Pitts, we know Sewell's going off later today, but we want to take a step back, Jake, and we want to talk about, uh, you know, the moves that the Dolphins made heading into this draft and heading into free agency. Going to talk about the trades first and foremost, but Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Before we get into the action, I do want to give a shout out to CB Fins Up, who left us a review on iTunes. Just said, I love listening to you guys. Fins Up. Fins Up to you too, my friend. Thank you Fins for the review. Up. That stuff helps us out so much, so it is greatly, greatly appreciated. It's a little chilly here up in the Northeast. Uh, We got a little bit of snow, believe it or not, I woke up to this morning. Uh, But that doesn't mean spring is not here. We have the draft. I think baseball opening day, I actually have the Red Sox stream open up on another tab. Uh, I do have to say I'm not watching it right now, so don't you worry. So, Josh, without uh, any more ranting and and rumbling, let's get into it here. Let's start with the Miami Dolphins. They made a couple of trades. Uh, At the time, we were pretty excited about both of them. We had a little time to let that stew a little bit. So let's start here uh, with the trade that the Dolphins, it was probably the biggest shakeup of them all, where they traded Shaq Lawson for uh, Benardrick McKinney of the Houston Texans, a run-stuffing middle linebacker. He can do a little bit in coverage. He has an all-pro on his resume. So Josh, uh, we've had a couple weeks to stew on this. How would you rate this grade? Yeah, Jake, I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, I was torn between this and the Wolf, Will Fuller move, but this might be my favorite move of the offseason. I mean, we'll talk about Isaiah Wilson, you know, the swing and the miss there, but to go out there and get a, you know, a run-stuffing linebacker, a guy that by many counts is better than what we've seen in that middle of this Dolphins defense for 
couple years now. So to get him to upgrade that position and, you know, to get rid of Shaq loss and I hate to see him go, but to get that type of value and then to just swap late round picks, love the move. And again, I love what he's going to bring to this defense. I hate to use the name Dante Hightower, but that's who, uh, you know, just continues to flash in my mind. This is going to be Brian Flores, Dante Hightower, 28 years old, only had 37 tackles last year because he was hurt. But again, this is a guy that when he's healthy is one of the better middle linebackers in football. So this, I gave, I believe an A plus. I mean, I'm going full Homer here, but uh, (laughs) again, I love this move. Jake, what are your thoughts on the Benardrick McKinney trade? I think uh, an important key to this is the fact uh, that the money didn't change, right? I think in a year where every contract is so, so, so far under the microscope, I think it's important that to see that the Dolphins are uh, making adjustments to their team. They're focusing on their weaknesses. The running defense has never been a strength. It has been brutally honest. It's been ugly the last few years. I think the uh, 2019 or even the 2018 team holds the record for the most uh, rushing yards given up in Dolphins history. And as we go through some of the free agents, I really think the Dolphins have focused on securing that run defense, making that out of strength of the team. Uh, Josh, I want you to be a homer, and I'm all for it. But I'm going to say this now. I didn't put it in the rundown because I wanted you to say your ratings uh, without any sort of um, opinion swayed by myself. So I do want to say, though, I did not give a single A in anything here for the sake of for a player to be traded, for uh, you know a player to reach for agency. There has to be some sort of issue. So... For me, the vision of an A has to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City's like, all right, see, we're just going to draft a new dude. You're a free agent at the age 26. Uh, go, go find a new team. That is probably, in my mind, the only way you can get an A. Um, obviously, I could have probably slid the scale a little bit. Uh, but for the sake of this, I, don't, I did not give a single A because I just feel with every trade, with every free agent signing, there is a risk. That's one thing I, I've quickly learned over the last, you know, 10 years of being a Dolphin fan is, However we feel about a trade, however we feel about a free agent, there is a risk, and it is important to talk about that. So this trade, I, I you know, I like it quite a bit. I thought it's very, like I said, I think I tweeted at the time, it's so refreshing to see the Dolphins not settle. You know, we have Shaq Lawson. He's going to be here for three years. The Dolphins were figuring out how they can get better on defense uh, before the draft by not giving or shelling out a bunch of money, and this was a great trade. Um it's really going to come down to if McKinney can be healthy, if he really fits into what Brian Flores is looking for. Um, obviously, it seems like that way. You mentioned the Hightower comparison. But until we see it on the field, uh, we really can't you know, say for good. But I'm, I'm going to give it a B-plus, Josh. I, I think this is a great trade. I think it's uh doesn't really ruin anything the Dolphins are trying to do. Uh, they got McKinney for two more years, just like they would have had Lawson. So for me, I think this is a strong trade. I think it just kind of goes to show how Chris Greer is always trying to focus on this team and where it can improve. So for me, I'm going to give it a B plus. I love that. And I think, you know, with any of these signings, we can sit here and say pump the brakes. And, you know, admittedly, we need to sit there and wait and see how they fit in the system, how they how they fit in with what the Dolphins are doing down here. So until we see that, I don't think we can truly sit here and give anyone a you know definitive A. But I just love the way. You know, I I love what McKinney can do. I love what he brings to this defense, and I love that dynamic that now Brian Flores has here in Miami. The other trade we got to talk about, and we joked about on a previous podcast, you know, uh, the Isaiah Wilson trade, and we know everything going on with him. I don't know if his football career, you know, if he'll ever play again in the NFL based on everything that's going on, but the Dolphins basically gave up a late draft pick. What was it, a seventh this year? In exchange for a seventh next year. So the Dolphins, I mean, really, they they did not – lose anything in this i think they actually gained one million dollars in cap space after releasing him so yes they don't have a seventh round pick this year but they do get that back next year i like to trade at the time i mean it's easy to sit here in hindsight and say you know this was a terrible terrible move but you know to go out there and get a former first round draft pick despite all the issues despite all the off the field concerns 
I'd have to give this at least a B, Jake. What about you? You know, you, you make a really good point. And it's the same about the McKinney trade. The Dolphins are always focusing on, you know, opportunities to get better. Better. It doesn't mean it's always going to work out. And, and this was a low risk, uh, high reward situation. And for the sake, for the fact we saw that it already didn't work out, um, I'm going to give it a C because I, I like the idea that, that you brought up that at the time, you know, it, it made sense, you know, a seventh round swap. And I think it's worth noting, too, that means that, you know, the Dolphins don't have a seventh round pick this year. That means we finally get a year where everyone is not freaking out over the seventh round pick and, and really pumping the brakes. You know, I, I, I'm tired of the, the Twitter rants about how these undrafted running backs or, you know, Malcolm Perry is going to be the guy that changes this team. No offense to Malcolm Perry, but there's a reason this dude is drafted in the seventh round. There's a reason these guys are drafted where they are. And, and Perry could certainly become a, a strong piece of this offense, but we saw the limitations. We saw uh, what he was able to do last year. And, and for that, I'm going to give it a C, partially tongue-in-cheek for the fact that we don't have to hear, you know, uh, woke Twitter tell us on how a seventh round pick is direly needs to make Miami's 53-man roster. I feel slightly attacked there because I know that we were, I mean, I think we both said nice things about Malcolm Perry, but I feel a little attacked there. And, you know, you're right. I mean, and Kirk Merritt, I mean, that was a guy that Dolphins Twitter was already claiming to be the next Preston Williams before he ever even played it down a football. So uh, it'll be nice to not have that seventh round pick. But again, I saw it says another low risk, again, potentially no high reward, but it turned into a low risk, a low reward signing. So um, again, Chris Greer and the Miami Dolphins, they continue to turn this roster. And, you know, with all these signings this offseason, I mean, we can sit here and we can split hairs, but I don't know how you feel, Jake, but I feel like with every move they made this offseason, maybe, you know, just even just a slight bit, you know, all of these players that they brought in have a little bit more potential than the guys they replaced. So um, unless yeah. you have something else to say about the trades, Jake, we can jump into a, um, an ad and then we'll jump into some of these signings because the Dolphins did make a pretty great deal of signings this offseason. You said it best, Josh. Let's do a little jumping around. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys... It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, I'm going to do it right off the cuff here. I'm going to count how many trades the Dolphins made here, or excuse me, free agent signings. And you know what? We're sitting at about 14 here, so we're not going to take up too, too much time on each of them. But, but I thought it would be fun to ride, ride through this because... The one thing that really sticks out, I think there's two guys here that signed more than a one-year contract for the Miami Dolphins. A lot of these guys are, uh, you know, high upside guys who who might just need a new, fresh change of scenery. And for me, the unknown of that is just as good as the unknown of sell, uh, signing a top-tier free agent to a long-term deal and hoping it works out. So signing, I think we need to focus on first and foremost, has to be Will Fuller. I mean, I think this, you you mentioned it, it's up there with the McKinney trade for the top moves of the offseason. But, I mean, this is a dude who 
has never played 16 games in his career, but, you know, that potential has very much always been there. And, you know, the older you get, the may- maybe the more you get used to, you know, maybe absorbing hits better or keeping your body healthier. We saw that with Devontae Parker and what he was able to do in the 2019 season. Uh, Fuller had eight touchdowns and 879 yards in 11 games last season. Uh, he will be suspended for the season's first game. Uh, I gave this a B plus. Like I said before, I really don't want to give out A's. And it, for the sake of, you know, Fuller's never played 16 games. I love what he brings to the table. He's incredibly ex- explosive, but there are some fears. There is a reason why he uh, had to sign that one-year $10 million deal. Uh, best case scenario, you know, there's the chance the Dolphins could use the franchise tag on him going into next year, hold on to another year if him and Tua really take off, or you, you just right then and there sign him to a long-term deal. So those are obviously possibilities. But on the other side, you know, he could come back from the suspension, play, you know, four or five games and, and suffer an injury that, that ends the season. Obviously, that's not what we want to happen. You know, I'm, I'm hoping Will Fuller really works out for the Dolphins, and I think he will. But there's a little, you know, fear back there. You know, I see the people on Twitter saying, great, now the Dolphins might have a single receiver who can play 16 games between uh, Fuller, Williams, and, and Parker. So there is a little bit of concern. There, there is a little bit of downside. But for one year, $10 million, that's what T.Y. Hilton got. And, and you know, he's 30, what, one years old. Uh, you see the guys sign multi-year deals, and and I'm pretty cool with the Dolphins finding guys that can fit to a system, or at least checking out to see if these guys can fit to a system. Yeah, and I already set the bar pretty high with that McKinney and being a homer with that, so um, don't be surprised if I have a couple other A's in here. But I did give a, the Will Fuller signing A-, minus. I think, you know, when the entire world was sitting there talking about the Kenny Galladay's, the Curtis Samuels, and the Juju Smith-Schusters, we were missing Will Fuller right underneath our eyes. Yeah. 26 years old again we talked about on previous podcast I mean his skill set is exactly what this Dolphins team needed but you know you can't sit here and count on him just like you can't count on a Preston Williams or even a Devontae Parker so you're right there's definitely some injury concerns there but if Will Fuller can go out there and prove and stay healthy and prove that he can be you know last year I think it was Matt Harmon does a lot of great fantasy work for Yahoo Sports does that reception perception charts he said you know Will Fuller was asked to be a number one wide receiver last year and he went out there and he stepped up to the plate so you know we're starting to see that he has those capabilities to be that player that you know uh can completely change an offense and an nfl franchise but again you got to pump your brakes because this was a one-year deal 10 million dollars for a guy who has yet to play a full 16 game season so uh, i love the move i think again the skill sets there and i think the dolphins while everyone else was looking elsewhere they went out there and they arguably got the best receiver whose skill set best fits with the dolphins needs so i'm gonna go with an a minus but like the other like the mckinney and all the moves from here on out you know we have to see what they can do on the field to see if it truly was worth the ultimate price that the Dolphins paid. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, I think it's important to keep in mind, too, that players are injury-prone until they're not, and and players are workhorses, too, until they're not. You know, it was Ryan Tannehill took four years of absolute beatings. You know, I had had over, I think, 800,000 loops on Vine just showing clips of, you know, Tannehill just getting clobbered, clobbered, clobbered over and over, and he always got back up, and then he suffers the one injury. It turns into a two-year thing after, you know, kind of rushing back from it, and all of a sudden, he's an injury-prone guy, and then all of a sudden, he plays two four years with the Titans, and he's a workhorse again. So the the label of being injury-prone is such a strange thing, and it can change at, the, at an instant. So the Fuller trade could certainly, you know, this guy could come out, play 16 games, and say, look, I did it. 
And, and I don't think it'd really be a surprise, but until he does it, there's got to be that little bit of concern in the back of your head. Moving on, we have Justin Coleman, cornerback. Uh, he signed a one-year $2.75 million contract. He's a 28 years old. Uh, he played in 11 games last year and 16 in each of the previous three. Uh, he did suffer an injury. I think he really did not fit in Detroit. I think he had a, a couple of brutal years there. I, I just don't think things worked out for him. That defense really wasn't ever great, um, you know, it's easy to see players play bad when the whole team's playing bad. That's what happens when it's a team sport here. Uh, he's a, he's primarily a slot guy. He had his best years in Seattle, a couple years in um, New England when Brian Flores was there. But I really like this trade or this signing. See, I'm doing it again. Uh, I gave it a B because this is a guy at 28 years old. I think the upside's there. He's someone who's still trying to look for that one big payday. I think at one time he was actually the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. You know, those things change so fast, but I think there might have been a couple-month period where that was the case. Uh, he's going to compete with Nick Needham for that slot, uh, those slot snaps, and all the power to him. I think the Dolphins could certainly try to improve the slot cornerback position. I like what Needham brings to the table. I think he's a playmaker, but, you know, consistency is an issue at cornerback for a lot of players. So having someone in there like a veteran as uh, talented as Coleman I don't think a lot can really go wrong there. Worst case, it's a nice step uh, signing, and, and you're not committed to him long time. That's why I think a B seemed pretty pretty straightforward for me. Yeah, you know, this is a guy who has familiarity with the system, and again, you're right, he's going to come in here and he's going to push Nick Needham, and you mentioned Tannehill. I mean, was that not what Tannehill needed? It was just someone to breathe down his neck and, you know, to make him go out there and become the best player he could become. So, you know, whether this pushes Nick Needham to be, you know, maybe that press, you know, premier slot nickel guy that – some Dolphin fans think he is, or whether Justin Coleman, you know, at 28 years old, rejuvenizes his career, whichever it is. I like this move for the Dolphins. And as we've seen under Brian Flores, you know, since he's been here, you can never have too many corners. So no um, it's kind of like you're going out there and trying to collect all the Pokemon, it seems, with uh, Brian Flores and these defensive backs. But um, 28 years old, one year, $2.75 million, And again, to just come in here and compete and to be another body, whether it be on special teams, uh, you know, whether it be in practice, uh, I like this signing, Jake. I gave it a B minus just to be different than you, to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> to move on to the next one, and then maybe we'll take a break after we talk about Jacoby Brissett. But, um, you know, this was a one-year $5 million deal, and I do have a graded A here, and you can sit here and bash me for that if you want. Anyone can. But this is a 28-year-old guy who, just like Coleman, just like some of these other guys, has familiarity, you know, with Brian Flores up there in New England. This is a guy who, I, I believe, if you look it up, made almost, what was it, $15 million last year? You know, he's mm -hmm. making starter money last year so to get him on a one-year deal five million again 28 years old and you know even before ryan fitzpatrick came i talked about on a previous podcast and before he became a dolphin jacoby Brissett just seemed like that guy that the dolphins would go out there and try to get because he did have familiarity so um i gave it an a because again it, this is a guy who's still young and didn't break the bank but um jake what is your thoughts on the jacoby Brissett signing and would there have been someone else out there on the market that maybe you would have looked at if you were chris Greer and the dolphins it's, it's really tough because, I mean, you posted that picture of uh, the running back free agent market, the wide receiver free agent market, and the quarterback free agent, free agent market. And <laughs> that was pretty spot on because let's just say the quarterback uh, free agent market did not offer a lot. It kind of goes back to that thing. If a, a quarterback's good enough, he's just not going to hit free agency. That's simply how it works. Uh, Josh, I do want to ask you, if I told you before free agency started that on a year-by-year -year basis, Jacoby Brissett would be the second highest guy that the Dolphins signed, what, what would your reaction to that be? I mean, behind Will Fuller, this dude is making the most per year in terms of this free agent class. I guess that just tells you how important, um, I, I, no disrespect to say how important mediocre quarterbacks are in the NFL. Am I right? No, you're 100% right. And, and, you know, there are years where 
it might not be for an entire season. It might not be half a season, but a three, four game stretch where you need a backup quarterback. You know, someone suffers an injury, you know, a, a twisted ankle. They really can't move around as much as they'd like. So you do need that guy who can come in and play. Uh, I thought this was a little concerning. Um, not overly concerning, but a little interesting. He completed 25% of his passes last season. He was two for eight. I think he was really just used in really unique situations where the Colts were trying to really bomb it deep. Uh, Philip Rivers didn't really have that arm. So uh, Jacoby Brissett was really out there playing YOLO ball. Entering his sixth year in the league, uh, I do like the signing, Josh. I, I think it's a great guy to bring into that locker room, kind of like Fitzpatrick was. And in 2018, he had 18 touchdowns to just six interceptions uh, before they brought in Philip Rivers, so he can do enough. You know, he's not going to be a quarterback that can really pull a team. But, you know, if it, the cast around him is strong enough. I think he's a fine backup to have. I gave it a B with some upside because if Brissett has to come in, play two, three games, and he really wows, I mean, you got to think about the comp picks here. And, and just signing that one-year, $5 million deal, backup quarterbacks, you know, a lot of the time make more than that, as crazy as it sounds. Or a team who's on a bridge looking for that next quarterback might get Brissett a big deal uh, for, you know, one, two, three years, whatever it may be, just to take up cap space. So, Josh, I, I do think this was a good trade. I think it might have been the best option overall for the Dolphins at backup quarterback. Yeah, I'm 100%, and I think we agree on this. And I think, you know, uh, I just hope, you know, there's no point in which Brian Flores has to pull Tua for, for Brissett or any point that we really have to see Brissett in Miami because, you know, that would mean that this season probably went turned to crap pretty quickly. So, um, Jake, I think we could talk through, you know, the first trades and a little bit of this. Do you want to take another break, and then we'll jump back into the rest of these signings? That's right. Let's do it, Joshua. And Jake, one of the signings that we talked about last week, we were pretty excited about because as we showed and as you talked about, and I posted a video, I mean, we signed Alana Robertson. This guy, as you have here, tackled a dude through a freaking dude. He moved Gerald Everett into Malcolm Brown, the new Miami Dolphins running back. But Jake, this guy's 27 years old. Again, we can sit here and talk about how well he knows that system, how, you know, very good. I mean, let's be honest, he's stout against the run and he brings that uh, depth that the Dolphins severely needed there at the linebacker position. So, you know, adding him to that unit now with McKinney and, you know, Baker, and you can go down the list and, you know, it's starting to look like a pretty good unit. I don't know if the Dolphins are done adding to this, but again, bringing in a Landon Roberts, a guy, $2 million, Jake. I mean, to get a player of his caliber, I mean, hey, we see him do things on special teams. We see him do a little bit of everything. I mean, the guy's played fullback in New England. I mean, there's nothing that Landon Roberts can do. And to have him back in Miami, I mean, that was a signing that, like we said last week, it wasn't something that we were truly expecting. But to have Landon Roberts back in Miami, I think we're pretty excited to see what he can do. And again, another low risk, high reward signing. So I gave it a B plus. Uh, what are your thoughts on Landon Roberts resigning with Miami? I, I too gave it a B plus. I mean, I just think this is a great move. We mentioned it earlier that the Dolphins are, seem to be focusing on stopping the run and bringing Roberts back is specifically for that reason. This dude is an absolute missile. And I'm going to continue to say he tackled a dude through another dude. I understand it was Brown. I, I know he's on the team now. I get that. But it is so much fun to say he tackled a dude through a dude. I'm going to keep rolling with it. He had eight tackles for a loss and four four, excuse me, quarterback hits last season, uh, only one and a half sacks. So that means he was really, really uh, getting through that offensive line and stuffing against the run. He did suffer that injury against the Raiders uh, that ended his season late in the year. So it, it's good to see him recovering pretty well. I mean, I don't think the Dolphins would have signed him uh, if he wasn't. So, so props all around for that. And, you know, when I look at how young the Dolphins are, uh, breaking news, they signed someone who's over 30 years old. But Roberts at 27, man, if I'm a rookie, if I'm a second or third year guy, I don't, I can't think of a lot of other guys who I'd line up next to and just have him inject confidence into you just from being next to him. I mean, this dude is a lightning bolt. He is full of energy. And, and I think 
that's exactly what the Dolphins need, especially having so many young guys. Lightning Bolt's the perfect way to describe him because he really is like a missile. I mean, on those run plays, he just runs full speed, just doesn't give a damn what he hits. And, you know, that's what the Dolphins need. Again, the, we see, you know, in his interviews and we keep hearing about the dark grind and, you know, how he works behind the scenes to just continue to get better and just to grind. Um, I love this signing. And, you know, that's a perfect segue into this next guy. I mean, this was a guy that was claimed off of waivers on December 4th, 2019. Matt Collins, I mean, this just like Landon Roberts, you know, he was asked to fill different roles last year. We see he's a special teams ace. We know how important that is to him, but he went out there, Jake. I, I mean, we sat there and you can talk about next gen stats and this and that, but he, he made that catch against the Arizona Cardinals. It just stands out in your memory because I remember next gen stats talking about how there was just, you know, the smallest window of opportunity there. And, you know, Matt, yeah, Matt Collins went up there and plucked that thing out of thin air. We remember what he did against the Raiders. So, um, you know, to bring him back a guy that clearly likes to be with in Miami clearly has a very important role in special teams, um, $1 million, Jake. I mean, you have here 16 receptions last year, 176 yards. I mean, this is a guy who's never really been, you know, a dynamic receiver ever since he was drafted with Philly. But for the Dolphins to claim him, for him to forge a role here, you know, not only on special teams, but again, to step out when the opportunity presented itself. Uh, I like this return of the Mac, and I got it down as a B minus here because, uh, again, 27 years old, fits that special teams room. And when you look at what he's making, man, $1 million. I mean, um, I don't know what the league minimum is anymore, but it's it can't be much more than that. Yeah, and, and that's kind of why I gave it a C. I, it's it's an average signing, right? I, I like it. He He's done a lot of things for the Miami Dolphins here, but I, I don't think I can really get too jazzed up about it. Uh, you know, he can play receiver when the team suffers some injuries, but Josh, I wouldn't think it's the craziest thing if he doesn't even make the 53-man roster. You know, I think he brings a level of confidence, a level of personality that the younger guys really, really enjoy. Uh, and I know that is important for the team, but I mean, that's just a loaded receiver room. And, you know, if he isn't top-notch on special teams, he's, he's just going to fall into that, you know, loaded roster. And, and, you know, we might not see him do too much. So I'm going to give a C. I think it's a pretty average signing. I like it. You know, I, I'm glad to see them retaining their own guys. Uh, the cheap price tag is nice, but um, there there's really not too, too much to really go on there. If we see a lot of Mac Hollins and, you know, unless he turns into the next great thing at age 27, uh, it, the Dolphins receiving core might be a little bit of trouble if he sees extended time. Completely agree, and it's kind of what we talked about last week, how they have this, what, 13 receivers if they bring in a rookie, and, you know, hopefully the cream rises. So, uh, Matt Collins, again, I don't think this is anything more than just bringing in a guy who is familiar with the system, can be a camp body, and, you know, can go out there and make plays on special teams. So, uh, I don't mind the signing at all, and it sounds like you don't either. The next one, and Jake, I don't know if you were too upset to see Matt Hawk leave the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I made jokes about it. I thought maybe they're franchise tagging him, which again, I, I made jokes about it. But um, <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you go. I seem to be going first with all these guys. So give me your thoughts on Mike Pilardi. Um, how much punter film have you dived into? And um, give me your thoughts on on moving on from Matt Hawk. Dude, I remember when we did the pod talking about them signing him, and I was just looking at punter stats and, and was absolutely falling asleep. It, it, it's sad to see someone like Matt Hawk go, who had some very exciting moments here, and those are the moments we remember as Dolphin fans. But, I mean, Polardi kind of fits the bill. He's, he's a very consistent guy. I think he really fits what the Dolphins are looking for. Uh, and, you know, give this grade a B because hopefully we won't have to see the punter too much this season. Hopefully the offense is just running up and down the field. Uh, but, I mean, he seems like a pretty consistent dude. He's coming off that ACL injury. If he is fully healthy, I mean, he's going to check with the list off of a position we no longer have to worry about. And for that, I give it a B. 
I like that. I, I hope, like you said, we don't see him a lot, and I do hope that he can do some of those things that Matt Hawk did. I mean, I remember, you know, running, watching him run up under center, you know, sneak the ball and, you know, throw passes to Jason Sanders, completed one to Grugier Hill. I mean, can, can Pilardi do that? I don't know, and um, time will tell, but hopefully, we, like you said, he's not out in the field that much. Um, transitioning into the next signing, Stephen Carter, another tight end fullback. This was one of those guys that you said got a multi-year deal. It's only three years, $2.8 million per year. I say that only like, you know, you and I are making more than that doing this podcast, right? Um, 26 <laughs> years old. Yeah, obviously. Played 46 games for the Bengals over three years, seven career receptions, 66 yards and a touchdown. So, um, you know, this is a guy who's going to come in here. He probably fills a role in special teams, can probably help in the run game and, you know, can maybe go out there and catch some passes. I mean, we saw him last year take a chance on Adam Shaheen. I mean, you can sit here and go down the list. I mean, there was a tight end from Detroit the Dolphins brought in here only had what three four grabs in his entire career so you know maybe the Dolphins see a player here that they can get the most potential out of but this is a guy who again I think is just going to be another body bring depth to that tight end room and allow the Dolphins to maneuver around and and do things with some of those guys because we saw it last year I mean this is a loaded tight end room and at some point these guys are going to want to get paid they have Shaheen locked up I believe they just locked Smythe up but you know Seaton Carter a small time move and I gave it a a C minus Jake what about you? Yeah, Josh, I'm right there with you. I gave it a C because I don't know how many of these guys we can say it's an exciting camp body, they'll help on special teams. I mean, I think we've said that for more than 11 players, or at least it feels like that. Uh, The three-year deal, I mean, it just seems like I, I don't, see the direction the Dolphins are trying to go here. Uh, you know, 60, or, uh, seven career receptions, I mean, that is, that's not a lot. I just don't really see the vision uh, of what they're going to try to use him to do, especially when they still have guys uh, from, you know, last year and four guys this year that, you know, they're special teams guys. They'll help a lot. You mentioned it, Smythe's locked up, Shaheen's locked up, uh, Jasicki's the best tight end on the roster. So I, I don't really know what the idea is unless the Dolphins are going to use a full-time fullback. Uh, that's probably the only thing I can really, really see um, developing here. Uh, I'm not too excited about this move, but I mean, it's probably healthy that, you know, there's more moves that were kind of like, eh, that's all right, compared to, oh my God, what's happening here? Because usually if that's the case, the earth's shaking a little more because the, you know, ATM is, is spitting out a little bit more money. So yeah, I'll give it a C. Um, I think this can quickly change. I mean, he could become an unsung hero on this team. Every year there's guys who really step up and you're like, wow, I can't believe how good, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle was. I can't believe how good Vince Beagle was. We could be saying it about uh, this guy too. So so we're going to leave the book open, but I'm going to sit at a C for right now. Moving forward, we have the dude, Malcolm Brown, running back. He signed a one-year, $1.75 million contract. He's 27 years old, 11 career rushing touchdowns, and five of, and he's scored five of those in each of the last two seasons, so he's really picked up the pace. He played 16 games last season and 14 the year before. Uh, and the craziest part to me isn't the touchdowns, but he had 101 rushing attempts last year. His career high before that was 69, and then he had another number in the 60s, and then his other you know three years that was in the 40s or lower. So this guy has really turned up the heat as he's you know really developed as an NFL running back. He caught 23 of 33 balls that came his way last season. Um, I gave it a B minus strictly because we saw how important it is to have a lot of depth at running back. Uh, you know. Uh, Gaskin got hurt. Uh, Salvan Ahmed got hurt. Jordan Howard was uh, a ghost. Matt Breida didn't do too, too much. You know, they had to go sign DeAndre Washington, and that wasn't too exciting of a signing. Patrick Laird, somehow he played 16 games. I can't, you know, name two plays the dude uh, really helped the Dolphins win a game. So, you know, the depth is great. I think he is a really serviceable running back, and that's really all you can ask for. But at the end of the day, you know, I think this is a position they'll still try to add even more depth to uh, via the draft. 
I sure hope they do. I mean, we saw it last year they decided against it. But um, this Malcolm Brown signing, I mean, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but I gave this a B-plus, Jake. And maybe it's because, you know, we look at what they gave Jordan Howard last year, and I think he only mm-hmm. had four touchdowns. I mean, you mentioned Mal- Malcolm Brown had 10 touchdowns in the last two years. He would have had, you know, led the Dolphins in both those seasons if he would have been on the team scoring five touchdowns. I don't know how you feel, but I was a big Cam Akers guy in fantasy football, you know, maybe Henderson. We all remember Malcolm Brown, you know, sniping some of them carries. So I do think this is a guy who's going to get a lot of those goal line attempts, fill in for, you know, what the Dolphins may have thought they were getting with Jordan Howard. As you mentioned, he can make plays in the passing game, but this should not in any way deter the Dolphins from going out there and drafting a running back. But, you know, when you look at it, when you look at some of the guys on the market, one year, $1.75 million for a guy that, like you said, last year, uh, you know, was his career high in rushing attempts. I mean, this is a guy that may, and you know, Jake, I'm going to say this and people might hate on him, may just evolve into that running back that could be a nice compliment alongside of Miles Gaskin or some of these other guys. So I like the signing. I don't think Dolphin fans should be going out to buy a Malcolm Brown jersey. But if you're in fantasy football, you know, you might want to back him up and, and handcuff uh, Ahmed or Najee Harris or whoever the Dolphins decide to draft. So um like the signing. I gave it a, a B plus, Jake. Um we're going to roll into the next guy. How do you feel about the Adam Butler signing? I mean, this was the defensive tackle. Came from New England, 26 years old. He's been there for four years, had four sacks last season. This was a guy who looked like a role player up there. As soon as Devon Godshaw signed up there in Miami, it looked like the Dolphins turned their attention to Butler. So, um, you know, I like this signing. I think he's added depth to that defensive line unit. I gave it a B minus, Jake. What are your thoughts on Adam Butler? You know, I give it a B plus, Josh, because I think uh... – Somehow, some way, this could be the best signing of the offseason for the Miami Dolphins. At 26 years old, this dude is just, uh, he hasn't even entered his prime yet. You know, he had six sacks two years ago. This is a guy who he's made his living stuffing the run, but he can get to the quarterback too. And the Brian Flores philosophy is confusing offenses. You have no idea what we're about to send your way. Uh, You know, confusing quarterbacks and having someone who can get to the quarterback and stop the run out there like Adam Butler. I think that's a great uh, move by the Miami Dolphins. I think it sits with what you know, I've said probably four times now through this pod is they're focusing on stopping the run. And, and someone like Butler is just the way to do that. They locked him up for two years, which I'm excited about. You really see the vision starting to come together for this defense. Uh, I don't know how many draft picks they're going to use on that line. And I think there's a chance that, you know, some of these defensive tackles the Dolphins have because they're, you know, building up a, a room full with a lot of them. It's going to be a camp battle, man. It's going to be a very exciting one. I think I think Butler's going to be a great addition. And, and the B-plus, I think that could, you know, turn into an A-minus. There, I even said it. Moving on, we have Robert Foster. Wide receiver, one year, $1 million. Josh, we don't really need to spend too, too much time on him. I gave him a C. It is a prove-it deal, really. Nothing more to see here. A camp body. He played in just four games last season after 13 each of the previous two. Um, he hasn't had a touchdown since a uh, receiving touchdown since his rookie year. Uh, which included 27 receptions on 44 targets for 541 yards. Jumping back to 2019, he caught three of 18 targets in 2019. That is rough. Uh, I see it maybe some Jakeem Grant competition at punt returner. Uh, nothing really too, too crazy to see here. Uh, depth, you have bodies in camp. That's always a bonus. I, like I said, I'm going to give it a C, nothing, nothing too jazzy here. A C sounds good to me, and catching three of 18 targets, is, I mean, that is, that's... Does that say how bad Josh Allen was accuracy-wise? Remember how we all hated him and mm-hmm. you know said all those bad things? So three of 18 targets, that's brutal. So, Jake, I see it the same way you do. Nothing more than a camp body who, you know, maybe does stick. But I do recall this was that signing the Dolphins made, I think, was it day one or day two? And <laughs> Dolphin fans were like, what the hell, man? Robert Foster. Um, moving on, you know, the same kind of situation here. Brendan Scarlett, outside linebacker. 
one year, $1.2 million contract he signed with the Dolphins. This is a guy who, you know, can bring some heat off the edge, but, um, you know, is it really anything more than a camp body? He played in 11 games last year, had one quarterback hit, 28 total tackles, five and a half career sacks, had three and a half in 2019 with two forced fumbles. So, Jake, he has some, um, you know, there's some film out there on him where it shows him having success rushing the passer. We know that the Dolphins still have, you know, at least a little bit of a need on the edge coming at the quarterback. So I, I like this move. Um, you know, it's a camp body, but I don't foresee him being with the Dolphins, you know, long term or this being a guy that, again, Dolphin fans should run out there and buy his jersey. So uh, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a C plus, Jake. What about you? I'm going to stick with a B- minus here because that Houston uh, defense has been pretty ugly over the last few years. So it's another, you know, fresh face in a new place type of thing. Also, Brennan Scarlett, man, that, that certainly sounds like a randomized name I would use when creating a video game character. I mean, that that is a very unique name. Uh, I like it quite a bit. We're going B- minus here. The Dolphins are going to draft competition, but the ability to just kind of rotate guys in and out, there's a, there's a chance this guy um, could make the roster and have a pretty impressive camp just for the fact he's older, he's been around a little while. So I'm excited to see that. Again, it fits the bill of these guys, you know, 26, 27 years old who are coming off their, you know, rookie deal or even, you know, a, a prove-it second deal and are really looking for that big payday. And it fits that Andre Branch pyramid scheme I brought up where, you know, you dominate for one year and all of a sudden a team uh, it decides to give you $30 million over three years and then just kind of cut you after one season. Uh, so this guy has a chance to really uh, step it up get towards that big payday when he enters his 28-year-old year. So that's going to be interesting. It's a low-risk, high-reward, and that's just kind of the way the Dolphins are approaching this offseason. And the same is true for Duke Riley, a linebacker they spent $1.2 million on. Another outside linebacker. He's 26 years old. Uh, he's a former third-round pick who was drafted by Atlanta and spent some time in Philadelphia in 2019. Uh, in Philly last season, he had an interception, two tackles for a loss. Uh, he defended a pass and forced a fumble. This seems like a guy who isn't going to rush the passer but can really cover a little bit better than some of the guys we've seen in Miami. And I think that's what makes it exciting. That's why I gave it a B-, minus, just because there is that potential here that we could be sitting in, in week 14 saying how Greer's a genius for bringing in Duke Riley, right? Uh, how how do we steal Duke Riley for $1.2 million? I think that is a um, interesting dynamic I could see developing. Uh, but, man, that the outside linebacker job, that is going to be a heated battle. I, I, you have to assume the Dolphins are going to draft someone, but they add two, got free agents. You know, you have Vince Beagle coming back, Andrew Van Ginkle there. I mean, instead of hoping, you know, someone like Charles Clay is going to step Charles Clay. No, Charles Clay definitely stepped up. Uh, Charles Harris is going to step up. Uh, it's refreshing, man. I, and I can't say that enough, how we're hoping to see someone instead of praying that they're going to get their act all together. I think that's a, a great Great philosophy the Dolphins have acquired. And, uh, you know, competition leads to victory. It does, and I, I really like this signing. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit of a homer because, well, I think we've already went over that. I am definitely a homer, but <laughs> I live here in central Pennsylvania, so I am a little familiar with some Eagles games. I mean, Duke Riley is a guy, I mean, I, I don't want to throw out Camus Grigier Hill, but he reminds you of that role that he had there in nice. Philly. So, you know, to bring in another player similar to that at, at $1.2 million, a guy that can – you know, not only bring depth to the linebacker unit, like you mentioned, has gone out there and, you know, made plays at, in, at that position. 
He also brings a different kind of toughness on special teams, and I think that's what this signing is. So, uh, Jake, I mean, we're not going to be sitting here getting our Duke Riley Hall of Fame tickets anytime soon, but I do think that this was, um, you know, one of those more under-the-radar signings. And, you know, we talked about Scarlett earlier. I, I like the Riley signing more than that. You know, you might even say more than some of these other moves, like Foster, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, we'll, we'll see him flashing all over the screen and, and making plays, whether it be on special teams or in uh, supplemental packages on defense. So I do like this signing. Um, one of the players you mentioned earlier, Jake, uh, big John Jenkins, Jingleheimer Schmidt, 31 years old. He is now the oldest player on the team. The Dolphins brought him back, Jake, yesterday for a one-year deal. Um, suffered an injury and played just 11 games last year with one quarterback hit and 21 tackles. He was with the Dolphins in 2019, and I don't know if you saw it, Jake, but I posted a picture where he literally moved the guard and pretty much threw him into uh, – Tom Brady and got the sack. So this is a guy who, when he was with Miami, made plays. I even have some old tweets that said, you know, uh, John Jenkins is here to stay. And I think he got released after that season. But um, (laughs) this is another depth signing. And again, a guy who has familiarity with the system and has proven to be pretty damn stout against the run. So, you know, all these signings we're sitting here listing off. This, to me, honestly, might be one of the more exciting ones. So uh, you got B plus here. I'll go with B just to just to be different. And the big concern, man, he's 31. The Dolphins have a player that's over 30 years old. Uh, if it's going to be anyone, I think it's John Jenkins. And I don't know what it is about, you know, we have Big Bob Hunt, Big John Jenkins. I don't know what it is about adding the word big, uh, but it just seems to fit with these dudes. I think Jenkins is a great uh, depth signing. I think, you know, having that familiar- familiarity in the system is really going to help the team out. And on top of that, Josh, I mean, he was good for the Dolphins and a year they had one of the worst defenses in NFL history so that's always a plus uh, I think there's a lot to like about this trade you mentioned it I gave it a B plus the last one we're going to talk about today before we wrap things up here on Finsider Radio is Matt Skura who signed a one-year 1.75 million dollar deal uh 28 years old started 12 games last season uh fumbled snaps are kind of his issue you know he was benched for uh benched in Baltimore because of that um it's competition at center. The Dolphins are likely to add another center through the draft, I think, probably in the first three lines. I gave it a C-plus because you certainly want to have all options on the offensive line. And like I said, uh, and it's kind of been the theme throughout this, any of these guys can really come in and surprise you. I mean, having a coach like Brian Flores really infuse confidence or just being in Miami where the weather's nice. I mean, all every athlete in the NFL is so incredibly talented. It's, it's strange to think, but these little adjustments could be the difference between, you know, a, a guy who's sitting on the waiver wire and a guy who's starting, you know, 14 to 16 games for you in the regular season. And I think we saw that in 2019, what Flores was able to accomplish while playing some crazy number, like 89 to 90 put players at, at one point by the end of the season. So Josh depth signing, Maybe he could compete for the starter role, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, you're you're just breeding competition. Yeah, and I mean, at first I ignorantly sat there and said, you know, the Dolphins' offensive line got worse when they signed Skur, but I think, you know, when you look at it a little bit deeper, it may have gotten better. You know, this might have been one of those signings that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast where the Dolphins, you know, they went out there and they brought in a player who's just slightly better than what they had here, a guy that maybe has a little bit more potential. I mean, I don't think we can sit here and argue that Ted Karras came in here and, you know, did pretty much everything that was expected. He was that leader on the offensive line, but... Um, you know, from everything that I'm reading from the little bit I've watched on Skur, I mean, this looks like a player that can do everything he can and then a little bit more. So I, I think this signing might be a little bit more than what 
myself and maybe other Dolphin fans originally thought this is a guy that started 51 of the 54 games that he appeared in with the Ravens. So this is a guy that can do a little bit of everything. He played center, also a little bit of guard. So I do like what he brings to the table. He's 28 years old. And again, you know, I think they'll head into the draft. They got their eyes set on whether it be a Creed Humphrey, a Dickinson, you know, maybe Miners, whoever it might be. That'll be the guy that can sit and learn a little bit from Skura and then, you know, eventually take over as the starter. So, um, you know, I wouldn't think that this guy is going to be the long-term center for the Dolphins, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he went out there and performed well enough to earn a second contract here because he does have that potential. So I think the Dolphins offensive line, you know, got better. Uh, I'm going to go back on what I said previously, but how much better that's to be determined. And, you know, that's, I, I think something we need to, um, approve of more is the is changing your opinions right i mean why why can't you say that you know uh he, uh hit fire reaction compared to you know some thought and, and and some really critical analysis on a player led you to change your opinion i mean i think that's something that that uh not only in football but just in general we need to do a better job of accepting the changing of opinions based on how much you learn based on how much you understand uh so good on you for that one josh that is that is a big free agent class for the Miami Dolphins, and and I think it's safe to say we're not super excited about it as a whole, but I think that is a good thing, Josh. I think that is what we want the Miami Dolphins to do in free agency. Now, if we were saying we weren't excited about the draft picks, that is a whole nother situation where we will be stopping the panic button in, in roughly a month if that is the case. Uh, but this is a solid free agent class, and I think we're going to have a lot to talk about in, in training camps and OTAs because... A lot of these guys, it can be like a week-by-week basis where, you know, someone else is the starter and the next week somebody has their hair on fire and and takes over the position. So it's going to be exciting to see. But before we get to those training camps, I think we're still two months away and then two months from OTAs, I think, and then three months from the season. Uh, we're going to we're gonna keep riding here, Josh. I think we're doing a, uh, you know, we're doing two shows a week, it really seems like. We had great numbers for the month of March, so thank you guys so much for that. Uh, keep riding through us for the offseason. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, hit that subscribe button, like I mentioned at the top, wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find Houts at, you know, simply Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. I can be found at jmendel94. Uh, moving forward, I think, Josh, you brought it up. We're going to start doing a mailbag episode each week. So um, be on the lookout for that. We'll probably do questions through Twitter. Maybe we'll get them through the Finsider. Who knows, Josh? We kind of have things up in there right now, and, and that's kind of what the, pre- uh, the offseason is really all about. It really is. We're still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, you mentioned it with this uh, free agent class. There's no reason to be upset. You know, all these signs were low risk, high reward. The Dolphins really didn't go out there and you make that sign that we've been upset about in years past. And to be honest, none of these moves, uh, you know, deter them from going out there and, and bringing in a young player in the draft class. So good times are ahead. We know that there's going to be lots of smoke and mirrors over these next four weeks, but we are going to bring you everything that we can, all the latest news on the Miami Dolphins. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this podcast. Like Jake said, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe. Leave us a five-star or any star rating. And as always, thank you guys for listening to the SB Nation's Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show. Jake and I will talk to you next time. Fins up! That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.
Cause we're the Miami Dolls. 